2: Welcome to a crazy, crazy show, a cool running kind of show. We have a show that's going to have so many people dancing and moving to this event that's coming up for both next Tuesday and October 7th. So we have two big events to announce. Umar, how are you doing? Pretty great, Ken. Thanks for having me on the show. Great. I, uh, I know we met at uh, the Ex, uh, Institute of Excellence for Sales in Virginia, and we have seen each other for really brilliant speakers, and you came up with an idea to bring the same type of event, big time leaders, speakers, and influencers to Baltimore. So how would you come up with that vision?
1: Well, Baltimore, I think, is like one of the most special places in the entire country. We are a city on the move, and what we need to do is to really realize that sales is the engine that drives America forward. And so I wanted to bring the best speakers in the U.S. to our stage to make our business community stronger. Well, I will tell you, those drives to
2: Virginia are something else. They're about an hour, hour and a half because of traffic. So Umar, Hamid, I'm telling you, I'm so excited that you are creating this in Baltimore. I know you're the man to do it. And you have a company called Productivity Cubed. What does that mean?
1: So, We've got, when we think about improving what we do, we think about it, you know, 5%, 10%. When you think about cubing something, you know you need to leave the past behind. We need to break through our barriers and actually achieve our potential, and that's all mindset. So, my whole reason for being is teaching people the tools they need to break through their limiting beliefs so they become awesomer.
2: Awesomer is one of the bestest words. Ever,
1: I so, so it's not in the dictionary <laughs> yet, but it should be. And uh, Steve Richard is going to be our first speaker, and I chose him for a particular reason. Uh, when people think about picking up the phone and calling a potential customer, fear comes up, and Steve is going to show you our rock-solid process that makes the fear go away. So you know with certainty this process is going to work. And Steve is exceptional at what he does, and I'm proud to have him as our kickoff speaker. Well, I'll tell you, um, I was just about to ask the question.
2: You answered it for me, so I didn't need to ask it. But I I guess the question I'll ask, because this is such a powerful topic, is are you going to do Facebook Live? Are you going to make this possible to see or uh, understand what what you're creating in Baltimore? Because it's important that when people aren't there, that they're informed that they need to be there for the next event.
1: Definitely. We're going to stream this live so people can actually see uh, a master in action and uh, even if somebody gets like that one thing that they need to be better at making business connections and it helps them grow their company, uh, it makes us all happier.
2: Well, uh, for the listeners and for the people that are going to hear this afterwards on the podcast, I, I want to say that what Umar is delivering is actually the uh, a really breakthrough aspect of what holds most people back from being successful. It's fear of actually taking the action and making that call. So Steve, are you there? Can you uh, can you talk a little bit about what you're going to be teaching so we can uh, tantalize people a little bit?
3: I am here. Thanks so much. Um, so, you know, I, I think I might have been born with without the gene <laughs> that makes people scared of cold calling. I don't know what it is, but <laughs> I think it's funny because most people feel very comfortable, and in particular salespeople, meeting prospects and buyers face-to-face, but for some reason, the phone creates this bizarre barrier where, when in fact the phone actually is a, is a huge friend and huge um, uh, advocate. And if most people know how to, how to use it the right way, there's a lot of power. Uh, so doing anything like how to handle gatekeepers um, through how do you do Internet research, uh, how do you get prospects on the phone when they answer, what do you say to them? How do you overcome objections? How do you uh, arrange appointments? It's uh, it's actually a lot easier than people realize it when they when they give it a shot.
2: And isn't this a mindset issue? Like, if you're afraid of the phone, you actually cause the phone to fail you. I think it is, and I also think it's a skills issue.
3: Um, I think it's both, and they go and they go intertwined. Because if someone doesn't know how to do something, or someone doesn't know something about a topic, they're immediately scared of that topic, and it becomes. Uh, <coughs> kind of isolated and away from them. Uh, My daughter was just out in some Girl Scout camp, and she saw a black widow spider. So because she's scared of spiders, that was a really intriguing thing that stuck in her brain. And I think that's what happens is salespeople fixate on this. Oh, my goodness, I have to cold call. Oh, I hate cold calling. But in reality, when you understand how to do it the right way, which, frankly, isn't that hard,
2: it's something that that is a learned skill that people learn and master every day. It can actually be kind of fun. So you're actually, I mean, let me... Paint the picture so I understand this and the audience understand this. People are coming in droves to the Baltimore event, and Umar's going to say where, when, and how. That's all happening. And then is actually putting them in a mental state, and you're going to actually put the gene <laughs> inside them so they're not afraid anymore. That might be it. That might be it. Now, by the way, <laughs> along the way, we will be making real calls
3: right then and there into your prospects and, and target accounts. Oh, that's awesome.
2: Okay, that's cool. So, Umar, uh, let the cat out of the bag. Where is this in Baltimore, and what time, and what day?
1: So, it's going to be on Tuesday, September the 26th at 7.30 in the morning. There's going to be breakfast and networking for half an hour, then an hour and a half of Steve Richard at the top of his game. It's going to be at the Shepard Pratt Conference Center, which has a gorgeous stage. It's in Towson, and we're going to put the link in the show notes so people can find it and get their tickets. And I just want to leave you with one last thought from my end, that Alexander Graham Bell invented the phone so fear would go away, so you know what's going on with your, your loved ones, your family, your business. And right now he's rolling in his grave saying, what? What's going on? I'm, I designed this to make fear go away, and you guys are holding on to it, and Steve's going to make that fear go away. Well, I think that's an awesome first event. And I'll tell you something
2: before you guys, uh, you guys can certainly welcome to continue listening to the show, but I wanted to say that you and Marie have something very big in common, is that most great things in life started from nothing. Someone had to create it. And so you're creating a speaker bureau event that allows people to really create community, create uh, the intelligence to actually create success in their life, and Marie is creating something ma- very magical that you'll hear for the rest of the event, which is the ability to actually fundraise for the Jamaican Olympic team, and also what goes beyond that is potentially a- another movie for Cool Runnings. This is absolutely the most exciting show I've done in uh, ever on Amplified, so this is going to be a great show for you guys to continue to listen to, and I'll see both of you next Tuesday in Baltimore at the Shepherd Pratt Conference Center.
1: Thanks a lot, and uh, we're looking forward to it.
2: Cool. So our next guest of many is Aristotle Karras, and he is uh, a brilliant fundraising sponsor consultant. He helps people that are creating events, whether they're a brand new event or a seasoned event, how they can actually make their events more powerful, how they can make their events create more money and income. And also, he's got the biggest heart about raising money on the stage for philanthropic actions and movements. So it gives me great pleasure to bring Aristotle Karras on the, on the show. And I want to say, if it wasn't for Greg Reed with Secret Knock, and they are currently filming Wishman with Frank Shankwitz, that I wouldn't know Aristotle. And he's kind of become my sponsorship brother and my event brother. Every time I see him at an event, I, I just am able to really take my game to another level. So Aristotle, welcome to Amplified. Wow,
4: thank you, Ken. That's awesome.
2: Thank you for that warm introduction. I'm um, glad to be here. So what drew you to this event? I, I know that at the last Secret Knock that happened in uh, the L.A. area that you were able to make a couple connections. But what, what was it about this event that's happening in Connecticut that really drew you to want to be a part of it?
4: Um, well, it actually, it actually was just meeting Devin at one of uh, the Secret Knocks that Greg Reed put on um, this year. Uh, I told I them told we were at the after party, and uh, I told him my first ever experience of being an auctioneer, which uh, is quite a story. Um, it, it's really, really humorous. We don't have a lot of, lot of time to talk about it, but um, let's just say the first ever auction that I ever called uh, was I owned a real estate auction company for two years, and I had always hired out that position of the auctioneer to somebody else because I didn't really have an ego. I didn't really need to be up on stage. I just, you know, I looked at it as a skill and, um, that skill can be learned and anybody can learn to, you know, auction. Like, all right, how many dollars on it? How, give me 100. Now two, we're at $200 on, we'd like to be three. We're at 300 now, four, now 500. Oh, thank you, ma'am. In the back, we got four or 500. Now we're at six, $600 on it. And, and it's just some, it's a skill that you practice and you learn. And, uh, the first ever Auction that I ever called was actually a, a $14.63 million home in Hawaii uh, in the U.S. And uh, my my business partner at the time, he goes, he said, Well, you, congratulations, they're all downhill from here because if you start at $14.63 million, The rest of them are less than that because that was actually the record for that property ever, the highest auction property in the
2: U.S. that was ever sold in 2000, I believe it was 2006. Well, I, you are very magical, Aristotle, because when you were doing those bids just now, uh, Matt's notifying me, people are actually sending the funds you called in. So we have actually $23,000 that just came in to Marie's Jamaican Olympic event. So. Gosh, that, you just, you just, how did that happen?
4: <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Maybe maybe it's just I'm a money magnet and people love it. Um, <laughs> but I I, I love uh, meeting Devin. And Devin came up to me the next day and goes, Hey, Aristotle, you know, hey, I, I bought some autographed um, gloves that I used um, to push the sleds and all this stuff. Can you sell them? And I'm like, Of course I can. You know, wh- wh- when do you want to do that? And so I just you know, was there and he pulled me up on stage and I think we raised uh $7,500 and, uh, selling some autograph, you know, gloves and beautiful display cases that he had made. And, um, so it, that's where our relationship kind of began and, uh, getting to know Marie over the last, uh, you know, through the summer, because they ended up calling me and saying, Hey, we are doing an event and we'd like you to be our auctioneer to come out. And, uh, I said, yeah, let's do it. Let's figure it out. And, um, you start with nothing um, doing charity events, which is the only auction system out there. Because every other auction, you have items that you want to liquidate. Well, in a charity event, you actually start from nothing. and You have to go get your items that you have to sell. Um, so we have, we have some amazing items. i um, working right now with um, developing a whole trip to Jamaica. And uh, so that will be one of the auction items that we're working on. Um, then there's some Marriott hotel packages and uh, some other uh, Olympic autographed events, uh, or not events, but items that are going to be there that'll be framed for you to uh, bid on. So it's really an amazing event. You're going to have once in a lifetime items to bid on. Um, so I'm very, very excited to uh, support the Jamaican Olympic team and uh, making sure that they're at the 2018 Olympics in
2: full force. Well, I think it's incredible what you're doing, Aristotle, because when Marie had this idea, and she's obviously very passionate about it, I've been on calls with her not quite every week, but almost every week, and just to hear her dream of actually having this event be successful and already thinking about the next event and what kind of impact she can have for the Jamaican Olympic team, I'm I'm inspired, and it's it's kind of cool that if it wasn't for Greg Reed having a Secret Knock event, it wouldn't have drawn, I guess, Devin Harris. And I don't know why Devin Harris went to this event, but I took a picture of him because his, he's a person that has massive light. He's a beautiful soul, and I couldn't help but capture him and add him into the Q Smiling Movement. And it's, it's just very interesting how the full circle happens. So, do you know by any chance how Devin became aware of Secret Knock? Uh, I I don't have that story, but I'm I'm sure... I think Marie does. I think Marie might have that. So if if I could just bring Marie. Marie in at this point.
5: Okay. Hi. Good evening, gentlemen. How are you?
2: So Marie Robinson, you are the visionary for this amazing event happening on October 7th. And I, I want the guests to hear because they're going to hear all this amazing show and I want to make sure they are able to copy down when, where, and how to get to the event. So can you give the date, time, location and how people can get tickets first and foremost because I know everyone's uh, tomorrow when they hear the show as well and there are not We're going to be marking the show. We want people to hear it right in the front of the gate. Okay, so for the actual
5: event it's going to be taken ticket place October 7th, and it's going to be held in Windsor, Connecticut, which is right outside, a county outside of Hartford, which is the main city here in Connecticut. It's going to be happening at the Hartford-Windsor Marriott 28 Day Hill Road in Windsor, and um, it's October 7th, and it's going to be starting at 6 p.m. to 1 a.m.
2: And I already know, because I've talked to you so many weeks, how great this event is going to be. But let's let's just uh, digress a little bit and talk about how Devin heard about this uh, Secret Knock and how you heard about Secret Knock.
5: Okay, so I was the actual person who, through my good friend Dave Farrow, who I had not met prior to the actual Secret secret Knock event, I met, uh, I met Dave on the phone through a former... Uh, Another friend of mine, who she was one of my authors who comes to an annual office fair that I have in my hometown of Bluefield, Connecticut, and she had posted how great Dave was and his PR company, and so I took it upon myself to call and connect with Dave, and in talking to Dave about, you know, my vision for the bobsled team, Dave invited us out to the Secret Knock event, and everything else was history.
2: (laughs) That's amazing. So uh, Dave is going to be on for the second half of the show, and he's set some Guinness World Book records. He's got a mind that people would wish to have that could actually remember every single thing they hear, see, (laughs) and experience. So he may do a trick on the air. I haven't uh, actually asked him if he would do that, but we can ask him if he will. But uh, talk about how you came up with this vision and why this is so important to you.
5: Okay, so for me... um I was passionate about, I met uh, Devon a few years ago at another event which was part of the Celebrate Bloomfield event um, which my book fair falls under the umbrella in my town. And so I had met Devon there, but I would known of another bobsledder who was residing in the next town over from me. And so I got into talking to Devon about possibly doing an event, you know, here in this side of the state um, and raising money for the team, you know, because I think they set such precedents over the years um, you know, coming from an island, which I'm also from Jamaica, that, you know, they're such, such a standard and people have become so familiar with them and they're so well-known. I, I felt like I had to do something to try to help to raise money for them. And so I started talking and working with Stephanie. So I've had this dream for about two years now in wanting to hope an event for them. So here we are. <laughs>
2: Very good. And so it's been pretty interesting, actually, creating this from nothing, hasn't it?
5: Absolutely. Absolutely. It's been quite the challenge. (laughs) It takes money (laughs) to make money.
2: (laughs) It it does. So how important has Aristotle been in this venue? Oh, my gosh.
5: Aristotle has been such uh, an inspirator for me, a mentor. And I'm learning every day, every time we talk, you know. And yourself, too, Ken. You guys have been so good to me, um, including Dave. And um, you guys are pretty much holding my hand through this process. So it's really a learning experience for me and, and one that I know the outcome is going to be great. I'm really, really excited and looking forward to, to the event on the 7th.
2: Well, it's cool that Dave recommended you to Secret Knock because uh, Greg is such a proponent of mentorship and the Napoleon okay. Hill foundation is, is uh, a network of mentors. So I think you're in very good hands. And I think the thing that has, you have to overcome, one is fear, which is what Steve Richard was talking about earlier of just get past that fear so you can create something. But the second thing is having people that know, have been there before, have the experience. And even if it isn't what you want it to be, that you build something successful that you can build from. And I think it was really cool what uh, Aristotle said the other day, which is if you actually have a a very finite amount of people that come to the event, but they actually really believe in your mission, you can grow that. But if you have an event that doesn't actually have any buzz or a quality people, your event is pretty much done and it won't grow any further. So what did you think about that?
5: I absolutely agree. And, you know, uh, he said something very key uh, to me uh, when we spoke recently. It's not about the amount of people that come. It's about the passion of the people who are coming there to support the event and knowing that you start, some, you start small, but you end up big in the end. And that's the most important thing.
2: Well, I know your vision is to have 300, 600 people, but, uh, you know, that, that changes when you see that one person could change the event and actually be the biggest donor. And uh, I know Aristotle and I were talking about the excitement we have of possibly meeting Usain Bolt and obviously one of the greatest Olympians, obviously living of all time. And he will be attracted to your event if your event or in the seventh actually shows that he belongs there for the next one. And, you know, it's all about priorities. So when we create this masterpiece of an event, We're going to attract so many cool people. And that's what happened with Greg Reed. If it wasn't for Greg Reed seeing the future with actually planting quality, he wouldn't have attracted someone like Dave Farrow. And Dave Farrow obviously uh, felt very confident. He didn't recommend any other event to you but this event. That's what I'm speculating. And that's how we're all in this phone call together. And that's how we're all on this journey of making a difference for not just the Jamaican Olympic team, but for anybody that actually wants to create something big in their life.
5: Absolutely. I totally agree. And not only has Ufane Bulls expressed interest, we're going to try to secure him for next year. Another person that he might end up being a a secret guest to come is NFLer Dwight Freeney, who I'm very close with. Um, You know, he won the Super Bowl with the um, Indianapolis Colts. He's been with the San Diego Chargers and is now with the, the Atlanta Falcons. So he might be a secret person that's going to be popping through as well. And they're very much in support of the Jamaican bobsled team.
2: Well, I wanted to bring Aristotle in again because he's been the, the cool head of keeping the momentum, of giving the advice of how to get the right people involved, of how to get the right type of uh, uh, fundraising tools and sponsorship. So, Aristotle, give a couple of secrets of what you do that actually makes an event successful. Uh,
4: all right. So, the, my number one secret is have fun um (laughs) you don't have a fun event nobody's going to open their wallet and they're not going to give you any money god bless you (laughs) um it, it it's it's you have to have fun and uh i i'm so looking forward to hanging out with devin and marie again because we stayed out on the rooftop and we just talked about stories and we had fun everyone was laughing and it's like every time i do events like this, and I build relationships, and the relationships of, of seeing people from California to the East Coast to the West Coast and in the center of the United States, because I live in Denver, and so I, I travel to the East Coast, and I travel to the West Coast, and even around the world in, in Costa Rica, and done events um, I haven't done one in Canada yet, except for that's on the list to do, but it, it's, it's like I, I meet family. And I just have fun, and it's about relationships. And, you know, after working with Greg for almost six years now, we've raised uh, almost close to about $600,000 in six years with uh, The Secret Knock. And the pe- being on stage with some of um, the most amazing people, the very first event I did with Greg um, wasn't because Greg asked me to do the event. It was because I saw Greg auction and um, I asked, Greg is such an amazing guy. He's like, if you have a better question or if you have any anything else to ask, just raise your hand. And this was a very, you know, one of his beginning events, and there was, there was less than 100 people in the room. And I, he sold a poster by Gene Lambert, who is a billionaire who um, uh, created and founded Chuck E. Cheese. And the the, the poster with his quote on it went for $80, and I was just like, oh my gosh, you know, and Greg didn't <laughs> tell us where the money was going to or anything like that, but the next time Greg got up to auction, I, 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 I interrupted him, and I said, Greg, um, I, do you mind if I auction this item for you for the rest, uh, and, and if, if you want me to do the rest, I'll, I'll happily do it for the next three days, but um, I, I, forgive me, but I can't listen to you auction for three days. It's, it's it's not a very pretty sight. And he goes, "All right, air so all go." You know, and you know, Greg doesn't have a lot of patience, so he to go. And uh, mm-hmm. I think I sold that next uh, quote board for like four hundred or eight hundred dollars. And it was something like astronomical. And Greg goes, "Done, hired," and uh, the the rest has been history. And I've been his auctioneer for for six years since. Um, but that. Um, that event, I will share a secret, is um, Greg didn't tell anybody where the money was going to, and uh, he gave out, uh, we raised 80000 something, $80,000, almost $90,000, something in there, and um, he, he said that Frank Shankwitz was, was one of the most amazing men, and um, nobody, he never ever once took a dime from the Make-A-Wish Foundation. I right. did it for all those years, and um, Greg handed him a, a treasure chest full of eighty thousand dollars, and gave it to Frank and said, "This is for you. This is this is our gift to you for the gifts that you gave to all those children." And I, I, you know, I knew like at that moment. My, I mean, tears are coming into my eyes right now. But at that moment, you know, the, the heart of Greg Reed and the heart of the people at The Secret Knock and the heart of the people that we attract, it comes from our energy source. And I'm going to tell you, this isn't scripted in what we're doing, is I've coined the phrase the, the Aspen leaf, the, the Aspen effect. And so when you see me at, the, at any event or any charity, I always wear like this, this, this Aspen gold leaf lapel. And if anybody asks me about it, I always tell them why, why, it's, why I wear it. And it's, it's the largest organism on the planet is an aspen grove in Colorado. It's something like 700 or 800 acres. And everyone thinks that these aspen trees are all separate trees, but they're really not. If you look, you know, in photographs, you'll see this color is, and you see this like huge acreage is all the same color. Then you see all of a sudden right in the middle, you see this color changes, and it's a different color over there. And the reason is, is because the color that's that's all there is that's all one tree. And just because you don't see the connection between the trees, they're connected underneath. They're connected by a root system. And that root system is what binds the tree together, okay? And just because... It, um, Dave and, and Ken and Marie and all, all of us that are on the phone call and all of us around the world, just because we don't see the connection between us does not mean that we're connected, okay? We're connected through something that we cannot see, and that doesn't mean that it's not there. So when, I, when people give and people help other people, you're really helping yourself but you're helping everybody on the planet. You're helping all of civilization by you giving and donating. Some of most wealthy people have, have shared, and they open their wallets and they open their hearts. And I just love that. And so that's what I call the Aspen Effect. And, you know, go out and be the Aspen leaf. That, that be, you know, you may be the separate tree go out and create something in a connection that you may help people around the world, or, you know, for this case, for Marie's event, you know, you're helping athletes in Jamaica so that they can go on and compete at their very best on the world stage of athletics. You know, this is the top pinnacle of performance and athletes need support. They, they don't, you know, they're, they're training all the time. So they, they, They don't have necessarily another job that they go to. Their job is being an athlete for that Olympics. So your dollar and your donation and your support, whether you donate an item, whether you donate a physical, you know, Benjamin, you know, whatever you want to do, you know, that's your support. But you're also seeing and helping all the athletes and everybody around the world support this. The Olympics has been around for You know, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years, thanks to the Greeks, which I'm a huge fan of with the name Aristotle. (laughs) Uh, It's just totally fun. And so I could not say no to helping Marie. And, you know, I want everyone to, you know, at least leave with the Aspen effect where you can you can make a difference. And in anywhere, anywhere you have just pick up trash in your neighborhood, pick up trash in somebody else's neighborhood, make a difference, donate to a cause. And we'd love for you to donate to Archives and helping the the athletes on October
2: 7th. Well, Aristotle, Karis, you've been an amazing inspiration. Also, you're just so much wisdom on how to make an event great. So thank you for what you're doing for Marie. Uh, Aristotle is an award-winning auctioneer, speaker, Amazon bestseller. He's worked with the likes of Harrison Ford, Morgan Freeman, Les Brown, Bob Proctor. The list goes on and on and on. So if you need him for an event, he is the man to go to, and he will help you be your best, to attract the best, and to make the most of your event. So, Aristotle, hey, Ken. awesome. Yes. Ken,
4: Ken just, just real, really quickly. Um, I want to tell you, I, this isn't on, on the script either, is one thing that I'm doing to leave a legacy for myself is we're creating what's called an auction app so that people can do what I do and help all the little nonprofits around the country. So we're launching a, a mobile bidding app that's going to be available in the next couple of months. And uh, the website for that is so simple. It's called theauctionapp.com and you'll be available in the app stores, both Google Play and Apple App Store, you know, but before the end of the year. So all of the nonprofits and the greatest thing is it's free to use. And how can people reach out to you? Oh, on, on the auction app. Um, my email is aristotle at theauctionapp.com. And then um, all my contact information will be on that uh, website. And uh, we've got some beta testing and,
2: um, that we'll be doing here later this next month. And uh, it'll show up live by before the end of the year. Okay, so I know you mentioned a couple times that it wasn't part of the script. And I'm way off from the show because you integrated some words that weren't in the script. And so I'm trying to get my lines back. But I just want to give some forewarning to Dave Farrow. This is also not in the script. Dave, you have one minute and 14 seconds less to say than you were going to say in your script, so you've got to figure out how to rescript your script so that you can say exactly what needs to be said in the final 30 minutes. So going back to you, Marie, the proud Jamaican, the person who actually (laughs) is realizing that the financial support for training, equipment, and other resources for all the teams of the Olympics is on your shoulders and the people that actually are supporting you. So I wanted you to give a, a big... Warm welcome to Donovan Longmore, since you know him a lot better than I do.
5: Oh, gosh. So my friend, Donovan Longmore, what can I say? He's everything to me. He's like a brother, a mentor, business partner, a true friend. And we've been doing a lot of stuff together lately. We serve in the community together. Donovan is also an activist uh, when it comes to, you know, children and elderly and what he does for work every day. Um, so he serves on a couple of, of committees that we both serve on here in Connecticut, in the Hartford County, is A Taste of the Caribbean and the parade, uh, West Indian Day Parade uh, celebrations that happens every year, roundabout our independence time, which is in August uh, every year. And this, these events bring in over 10,000 people from around the country, not just West Indians. It's a diverse you know, audience that we bring in with just food, entertainment, and fellowship, and so Donovan is also a radio um, radio host and a media personality. And here you are, my friend, Donovan Longmore.
6: Thank you so much, Marie. Uh, You're welcome, guys. I've been listening for the last uh, ten minutes. I'm still at work, guys, but just to show you the dedication that we do have for what we're doing. Um, as Murray had explained earlier, um when it comes to doing stuff for you know Jamaica, the Caribbean, or people on hold, we are here to give back that 's what we really um try to do to you know use our god given talent to make sure people are happy and in the best way you know, like Aristotle said, we want to make sure that we reach out and help those who are less fortunate and um not to say that they're less fortunate, but athletes, like you said, are in training they're probably not even working another job they want to make sure that they get the best done and to compete at the highest level. Now, the thing about this is uh, we as Jamaicans are very, very proud and very, very competitive when it comes to athletics. And um, me being a former athlete myself, uh, I know what it's like. And um, when you want to be the best, you have to train harder than the rest and, you know, go out there. And uh, Mary and I are doing this great job of doing a fundraiser to help and make sure that these athletes reach the pinnacle that they can reach, uh, both men and women team. And, of course, Jamaicans are always into something else. Besides the track and field, I um, mean, who would have thought that? Hey, cool running! You would have seen a Jamaican team in the Winter Olympics. We are a warm climate, but that's just how we are. We're very competitive. We're very, very innovative and creative as well. So, uh, we're here talking to you know the whole team and the members of the team and, and Devon and the whole uh, crew that's there and our team here that's going to make this happen and. We're all dedicated and motivated to make sure it does, and um, we thank you guys for all you guys are doing to make sure that we make it a success, and without none of us, you know, this thing wouldn't be. So everyone does count, and we're here to make sure that
2: we try and help get these guys to where they're going. So that's what I'm here for, and that's what I do best, and I enjoy doing it. And you are uh, actually going to be at the event on October 7th, is is that correct? Yes, 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 yes. I'm actually um, the media guy, so I I mean, I play the music and
6: all that, and entertain the people, so... Whatever is needed, you know, we're all there. So everybody has a role, and we
2: play our role very well. So that's something that's going to make it fun. Well, I look forward to meeting you, and I do agree with you. Uh, the access of Caribbean music to the United States is extremely limited, and I've always enjoyed going on cruises and visiting the islands because I can bring the great music back to the United States. But you're going to be playing this amazing music at the event, right? <laughs> yes, I will.
5: Uh, let me <laughs> tell you, me, Ken. You've been wanting to make the trip to Jamaica He's one of the guys who's well connected And can get you into any place in Jamaica Let me tell you (laughs)
2: <laughs> I, oh, I'm, I'm so glad to know you, Donovan. And I, I'm looking forward to meeting you, obviously, in person in three weeks. So it's so important when you have the right mood at an event because what Aristotle was saying, first and foremost, is you have to bring the right energy. You have to bring the right positivity, the right talent. So there's this very nice vibe. But then the second part is what Donovan is bringing, which is the mood and actually – Cultivating and, and bringing people's shoulders down so they're not stressed and they're thinking, "My gosh, there's so much more to life now because I'm happy in the moment, and I'm supporting something, I'm contributing, and that's the best power you can possibly have in the, in the world is to give forward, to pay forward and to contribute, to make someone else's life better. So Donovan, you know, awesome what you're doing. I'm so glad you're involved Thank in this you. event. And obviously, Thank you. Thank with your knowledge of music, I will tell you, with 35 years of DJing, I will be begging you. I'll be on my knees saying, give me some of that Caribbean. <laughs> <laughs> so you can going to play a little steel drum, too? A little steel drum music? <laughs> Listen, we have it all. <laughs> uh, I bet you do. I bet you do. All right, well, one of the, the people that was at the event that we got to meet, and obviously the photo that got, was seen and to some degree allowed me to be part of this project is Devin. So, Marie, would you like to introduce Devin to the show?
5: Absolutely. So, my good friend and buddy, Devon Harris, he's one of the original Jamaican bobsledder. He's one of the guys that the movie Cool Running Good made, of. made off of. He's not only an author, but he's also a motivational speaker, and he's very charismatic. And he has a smile that will, you, you would just die to see him smile.
0: But oh, I know.
5: Without, I know. Without, <laughs> And Ken, you took some wonderful photographs with it. Let me tell you. So, without further
7: ado, here's my friend Devon Harris. Hey guys, it's it's awesome to be in, on the call with you guys. You know, I have a big grin on my face, uh, Mary. I'm not sure how that is playing, uh, you know, on the radio since I has, has such a charismatic smile. But, but thank you for the flatter flattering. It's it's awesome. Are you guys doing well? We're doing well.
2: I, I want to ask you uh, how crazy this dream was of you becoming a bobsledder. I mean, it's, it's kind of like Marie creating this event to help future bobsledders and future Olympians. It's, it takes a lot of courage and it takes a lot of dedication. So what, what caused that fire to happen?
7: Yeah, you know, um, so you, you know, when you grow up in, in a place like Jamaica where everybody runs fast, and unfortunately you're not one of them, and you have big dreams of representing your country at the Olympics anyway. You have to find alternate routes, man. And, um, initially I thought I was going to be a, a middle distance runner, 800, 1500 meter guy. Um, I, you know, and you know, right after high school I enlisted in the army. And somewhere around 1987, two Americans came up with the idea to start a bobsled team in Jamaica, in part because Jamaica had so many sprinters. And my colonel told me to go to the team trials because there's a philosophy in the Army that says officers must always participate. And so he thought he'd send his young, fit officer to, to, to just be another body, you know. Um, but for me, it, it was an opportunity to to live a lifelong dream of competing in the Olympic Games and representing my country. And, you know, talk about, you know, courage. Um, yes, you know, it, it's, it, it. and I don't think about it at the time in those terms, but you're absolutely right. You know, starting something like uh, a Jamaica bobsled team from scratch, you know, kind of stepping, you know, way outside of the box. Really requires a tremendous amount of courage, and you're really putting it all on the line in terms of your reputation and your good name. And you also, you know, in a sport like setting, you are putting your life on the line as well. It really requires mm-hmm. a kind of courage to to push a sled as fast as you can and head down a ice shoot at 80 miles an hour, not not really having any guarantees that you're going to be alive. You know, literally 60 seconds later, but. Um, you know, we, we, we got there, we got to the Olympic Games, and, you know, my job now, um, or part of my job is very in sync with what, you know, Marie and Aristotle and Donovan has, uh, were speaking about earlier, is to help the next generation of Jamaican bobsledders. You know, I wasn't able to win the gold for Jamaica myself personally, but I think I can still play a role. In helping others realize that dream. And in the process, um, because as Aristotle says, you know, we're all connected even when you don't see the connections. In the process, you know, if we can, if I can, and all of us collectively on this call now can help to uh, help these guys to succeed, um, in the process, they're going to inspire other people around the world. To go pursue their dreams and work together, collaborate together the way we are collaborating um, to help someone else succeed. So, well,
2: we I, all I, I agree with you, and I know this point has been made over and over in the show, but you know, if you hadn't decided to become a bobsledder, be the first bobsledder uh, with your team, you wouldn't obviously have gotten the accolades and the relationship with Marie and going to Secret Knock. And there's so many connections here that are necessary for this show to even happen forget about the event forget about how it's going to ripple into a a better olympics for uh the jamaica and for the world to see because when jamaica's involved there's going to be speed when jamaica's involved there's going to be a lot more competition so i i i only ask you as a personal favor marie did not pay me to ask you this question but you've got to get usain Bolt to this event you have got to bring your things. Well, you, know,
7: you know, the last time I brought this, uh, this, this subject up with this, day, and I try, it was about you know, him joining the team. He laughed in my face, man. <laughs> he was, that's like, he's like, I don't do cold. But um, you know, since we're not doing bobsetting, it's a bobset event. You know, we're going to keep working on it and try and get him to at least show his face.
2: Well, you know, even even if he uh, did a live feed-in, uh, he is such an inspiration to the world, and it's so cool what he's created because uh, he's done it over time that it just is insane that you could actually be this competitive and this fast for this long a period. It's It defies the human condition almost. And I just want to say this whole show is about actually doing what is getting uncomfortable And what is defying the odds. And I'm excited about bringing Dave Farrow, my friend that I I met through actually Secret Knock, probably some two years ago, because he's another part of the domino effect of how this actual show and event is actually happening. So, Dave, are you there? Hey, Dave.
0: I have been listening to this whole thing and I'm just, you know, I'm touched by it. Uh, When Marie first uh, came to me, uh, you know, she came to me uh, through my PR firm. We, you know, we go after people who are interested in promoting themselves. But she was very clear that she had no money, and that, of course, worries somebody who runs a PR firm. But um, you know, like you said, you got to think of the bigger picture and. Um, you know, that, that's when I realized that what they do have is they have a tremendous story. And uh, anybody who's done PR knows that uh, a story is money. It just has to be, you know, leveraged in the right way. So, um, so yeah, so, I you know, I went up to, to uh, Greg Reed to get them at Secret Knock. I wanted to, you know, connect them to you guys. And we're actually uh, handling the PR and organizing uh, for the event. Um, and I think it's going to be a great success, mainly because uh, the story of the Jamaican bobsled team is the Story of the underdog, um, the story of the accidental hero of somebody who you would never expect to be an expert. Uh, you know, walking in amongst all these other people who've been doing it for generations, and uh, you know, showing them a thing or two. So I think that not only are we going to raise some money for the team, but we're also going to get them to the Olympics, and they're going to show uh, they're going to show them how fast Jamaicans can run. That's all I'm saying.
2: Well, you know. <laughs> That is so humble of you to allow me to not give you a brilliant introduction to the event, (laughs) um, to the show, and to just bring you in. But I I do want to apologize because I did not get your bio in time. So I want to just say my experience of you at the first Secret Knock is mind-boggling that you have set mental records of remembering things that are just like infinitely uh, impossible for the average human being to do and so I want to acknowledge you for being an entertainer a person who's pushed the limits with his mind and if I recall you had some obstacles to overcome to actually be to to learn these secrets these hacks of actually remembering things so let's make this about you for a minute because you actually are really the pinnacle of why this whole show is happening and I and I want to acknowledge you sincerely I'm so appreciative of what you're doing for my life right now by just bringing Marie and this show together
0: yeah, sure, sure. Um yeah, listen, you know, I've gotten I've gotten a lot of uh, you know, my 15 minutes of fame and and then some. But yeah, just to give you a little background uh, for those of you who don't know me, I've been personally on over 2000 interviews in my career and that's why I run a PR firm now because I've actually done it for myself. And I did it as the, the memory guy, the memory whiz. I was able to, um, I, have a, I have a program that teaches people how to improve their memory. Uh, it got me into the Guinness Book of World Records. It is something that is teachable. Um, I, I have a two-time Guinness record. Uh, but also more recently, my big claim to fame is I just won uh, episode number five of Fox's Superhuman um, with uh, Cal Penn and Mike Tyson, that was just that just aired actually in July. Um, so I won the fifty thousand dollar grand prize. So that was that was fun. Um, and, and what did uh, Mike was, Tyson you
2: know, do? What was Mike Tyson's? Uh, oh, humans? he was the
0: judge. Yeah, he was the judge. He wasn't doing a mental feat, but he was a cool guy. <laughs> it was a lot of fun.
2: Yeah, I was wondering uh, how. You physically beat him or how you mentally beat him. That was what was
0: Actually you wanna you wanna know how I think I won is, is I really endeared myself to the audience. I got up in front of everybody and I said, Listen, Mike Tyson, I was a boxer for many years. I'm a big fan of yours. It would be an honor if you were to kick my ass. And everybody just <laughs> cracked up laughing and, and it kind of cut the tension and everything. Um, so so now how can, now, so how now can people do, see like, the
2: show? How how can people see the show so that they learn how you you do?
0: Oh, yeah. Um, it's actually on the Fox app. You can actually download the app uh, through through the App Store, either Google or Apple, and you can go on the Fox app and look for Episode 5 of Superhuman. And uh, I did a memory feat where I memorized uh, about 120 digits of binary code in less than 60 seconds, uh, and I was able to recall it. But the big thing, like you said, yeah, I was, I was actually diagnosed with ADHD and dyslexia when I was a kid, so I actually chose the binary code challenge because it's a dyslexic person's nightmare, and I wanted to just... <laughs> Take on that really big challenge uh, of of it and and uh, uh and in that case, I wanted to do it for my son my son is is uh is between three and four years old he's kind of in a very impressionable stage, and I find like i'm you know I'm sitting in a position uh watching t v and he takes the exact same position like he emulates me so much, so I wanted to aim even higher because I know someday he's going to be watching, and I think everybody can relate to that um, but uh what that led me to is just kind of, I, I guess I'm a lot like you, Ken, where I just want to wanna see the path, I want to see the opportunity, and what, uh, you know, what uh, this team, when they came to me, uh, they were like, hey, Dave, you know, you've accomplished a lot of things in marketing, can you help us out because we've got this amazing story, everybody knows Cool Runnings, everybody knows the Jamaican bobsled team, but they, they didn't have any money, they didn't have anything to, to start marketing with. And I said, well, okay, listen, I, I love you guys. I love the story. Um, you know, my advice is free, and uh, I'm going to help you get some connections. And I actually suggested that they uh, have some things that, that people can take home with them. And, and Aristotle was really a great auctioneer. But, you know, if anybody's taking any marketing lessons from this, uh, this episode, because I know you have a lot of marketers on here, is is that, you know, the money is sitting there. You just have to figure out what value you're offering. And I knew the story of the Jamaican bobsled team already has value. It's already an inspiration. I knew somebody would want to take that home, and that's uh, that's why we had the gloves and all that. And then when we auctioned it off, it turned out to be you know 7500 bucks, and I think that's just the tip of the iceberg compared to what we can get for this team because their story is so valuable. Because, again, it, uh, maybe I related it to a lot because... You know, when I was growing up, nobody would have thought of me as a memory genius. And I, you know, won an episode of Superhuman. I'm, I'm you know, in that pinnacle uh, because I just believed I could and I kept on trying. And these guys are the ultimate example in sportsmanship uh, of that.
2: That's beautiful. And do you do some of this because of your son? Your son inspires you to believe in people that are have this dream?
5: Well,
0: I, th- I think that I mean. Well, I think everybody was inspired by by the Jamaican bobsled team, and I know, you know, how they how they walked across the finish line in, in that Olympics. Uh, and if you don't yeah. know, like Google it; it's a beautiful thing. Um, but uh, I, I I do think, yeah. Now, as a dad, I do think that uh, a big part of it is that I know somebody's watching, and it makes you think. You know, what am I doing with myself? You know, am I am I living a life that somebody should emulate? You know, and and you can. You can swear up and down, you know, to have a child to tell them to do something and they won't do it, but they'll do they'll emulate you, you know, so you just lead by your actions. Um, So, yeah, when I when I had this opportunity, I was like, listen, I I have this great opportunity to make a difference with this team. I know they deserve to get to the Olympics. They need the money. So, um, you know, if anybody out there wants to be a part of this, I think that this is the cause that. You know, whether it's a plaque on the wall or uh, an autographed picture with the team or any of these things, you can have that on your wall, but you can also take sober satisfaction, as JFK used to say, sober satisfaction in the fact that you're, you know, you're, you're a part of something bigger and, and an inspiration to so many other people.
2: Well, I I know that a uh, couple minutes that were shaved off your uh, part of the show because of the unscripting and rescripting of the show. So I wanted oh, to just say about that it.
0: I've I've gotten plenty of press. Uh, that's what okay. I do for a living, man. Well, I I go do
2: <laughs> shows for a living. <laughs> well, when you see my next question, you're going to understand how valuable those two minutes were. I was hoping that you were saying that before the show, you are on your 1,999th show, and this was number two thousand. But you clearly said it was over two thousand shows you've been on interviews. So. Aristotle and Marie had both texted me for the script for you to name off as many of the 2,000 shows as you could in the remaining seven minutes. But instead of doing that, can we just hear some marketing tips? Uh, because that would be really helpful for the audience to actually understand what you should do to help market yourself, build an event, how to support an event like Marie's.
0: Yeah, sure, sure, absolutely. Well, first off, the big shows are things like, uh, I've been on Dr. Oz twice, I've been on Steve Harvey, uh, the Today Show, um, um, not Good Morning America, but almost. Um, uh, The early show, uh, Fox and Friends, uh, Discovery Channel, Science Channel, BBC, CBC, uh, CW, uh, CBC Documentary, uh, CTV, Global, I mean, I could go on Kerrang! Radio in Australia.
2: Um, So the the reason I asked you for those... I asked you yep. for those because we're going to actually tag all of them and thank oh, them cool. for being a part of the Jamaican uh, uh, support system for raising awesome. money for Marie. So that's why I wanted you to, to answer that so, particular so, yeah, question.
0: So, I do have a good tip, though, um, and one of the things that I think people don't like talking about because I'm, I'm just like you guys. I love talking about the inspirational <laughs> side, you know, the story that we have, how beautiful it is. But the biggest tip is you also got to know where the money's coming from and how to get it. Uh, so you have to be very left brain sometimes. And I know a lot of people resist that. They think that's the bad part of it, but you know, focusing on the money is not being selfish. It's not being mean. It's not being, uh, you know, a a used car salesman or or somehow being evil. Uh, you know, the money gives you the strength. It's like, it's like focusing on the backbone of what you have to do. Um, it, it costs a lot of money to, to build a bobsled and to ship it around the country, to do training and things like that. and, and, so, if if you think to yourself, where is the money coming from? That's not an evil thought. It's actually a very pure and and wonderful thought because it gives us the the ability to do more. Um, we mentioned Frank uh earlier how you know he created the the Make Wish Foundation. He didn't take any money uh, from the the foundation and and uh, when i was talking to him uh on my show um you know one of the reasons he 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 didn't take any money is because every $7,000 is another wish and he just couldn't take a wish from a child you know so yep. it wasn't it wasn't that he didn't take the money because it's evil he did, he didn't take the money because it does have power and i would have to say that like that's one of the things that worked well here is we didn't have any money, but we had a great story. How can we turn that story into money? Um, who wants that? Who has the value? And, and where are we giving that value? And I think that's, that's fundamentally the, the art of
2: marketing. Thank you for that great information. And we wanted to turn the last couple minutes to Marie because we want to not only inspire the people that are listening, but to inspire people to share the message that you've heard on this show because every single aspect of this show is someone believing in Marie's vision, if Marie did not have this vision, all the people, all the, all the information that you've heard in the show was not possible. So, Marie, I want to bring you back in and just ask you again, how can we help you tell, tell how people can participate and be part of the, the event and how they can help Aristotle with raising money?
5: Okay, so one, is, one of the, the, the ways that we, we set it up so that people can donate or give back is to go on to our website. And if you give me just a second... I'll give you that web, a website address where they can go on and just go through the website and just click on Donate, and they can just donate, you know, whatever is laid on their heart to give. Um, if they don't want to do it publicly, they can certainly call us and let us know, you know, what amount they'd like to pledge, and we'll be happy to arrange, arrange for them to, to give that donation. I don't know if you had the opportunity of bringing on the actor, Paul, uh, Paul Campbell. He's also a Jamaican actor who is going to help us to promote this event as well. Um, I didn't know if he, if he was on the line or
2: I did not hear he was on the line that's why I, I went right to you so okay. if you
5: All right. so let me, let me just give you that website just give me one second and I'm going to give you the website address
2: yes Mr. Campbell we wanted to bring you in on the event just to talk about how your involvement is and, and what you think about uh, what Marie is doing
7: Oh yeah, man. Okay. So you know, as Marie uh, indicated, we, you know, we met her a few years ago. I was speaking up in Bloomfield, and you know, you know, when Jamaicans meet somewhere else, they just kind of gravitate to each other. But more importantly, um, she, she was very interested in the fact that we weren't, we didn't have the funding, and she wanted to do something to help. And and so she's been. Very persistent she persevered, and now we're having this event, October 7th, um, in her neighborhood in, in Windsor. And, you know, it's, it's at a critical juncture in the season for us now. In the, um, you know, it's October, the Olympic qualifications begin in earnest for, for next February. So the funds that we raise um, at this event are going to be critical to get us uh, through the next few months to the end of the year. Um, and hopefully put us in good stead to, to punch that ticket to the Olympic
2: Games. Well, Mr. Campbell, if it's okay, um, I know that you didn't get to talk until the very end of the uh, show, and it's only a couple minutes left, so we have another show, obviously, every Tuesday, and I'd like to bring you on next week where you start the show, and we can remind people about who you are and why you believe in Marie, and we can also give the information about the event or when, when, it, when and where the event is.
5: Okay, so the event is going to be at the Hartford-Windsor Marriott, 28 Day Hill Road, in, Win- in Windsor, Connecticut, 06095. They can reach out via our website, myconnect67.wix.com forward slash jb, Jamaica Bobsled Team. I'll say that again, myconnect67.wix.com forward slash
2: We have to wrap the show right now. So I just want to say, Marie, thank you for your beautiful vision. And Dave Farrow, thank you for getting involved and believing in her and bringing us into the fold. Aristotle, thank you for helping with the advisement and creating this amazing event. October 7th in Connecticut. We have a link so you can buy the tickets. And this is the type of event, if you can't make it, please share it with other people. Because this is an event that will change lives. And it's obviously an event that's going to be a lot of fun. Great Caribbean music and great food and great people so we'll see you next week and we'll actually continue the show at least the first part of the show with some more information about the Jamaican event the Jamaican bobsled event and how we're going to create the next movie and meet Usain Bolt so have a great day you guys have all been amplified God bless all of you thank you so much
5: thank you so much All right,
7: thanks
2: guys appreciate you
0: We hope you've enjoyed this week's edition of Amplified. Be sure to join Ken Rashawn again next Tuesday afternoon at 2 p.m. Pacific Time and 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Now, go get your message heard.